Welcome to Negotiating Happiness, the show that helps you find happiness, success, and balance in your work and life. I'm Adriana Fierstra, your host for this journey into entrepreneurship and personal growth. We're broadcasting live on 107.7 and 105.3 FM in New Orleans as part of the United Public Radio Network. We explore the latest strategies, insights, and stories from successful entrepreneurs and experts. From managing stress to building a thriving business, we've got you covered. Looking for stories that are fresh and new? Dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, cyberpunk, alternate history, and more. There in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology. From 24 award-winning authors and illustrators, plus art and writing tips, and bonus stories. L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future. Buy your copy at galaxypress.com, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Negotiating Happiness. It is Monday, September the 25th, 2023. I can't believe we're almost halfway done. I mean, more than halfway, almost into the next year. Um, We are broadcasting live today on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. And if you want to see us on your big screen, we are also on Roku TV. Um, Check out some of our other shows there. All you have to do is give us a search in the search bar. Today, I am here with uh, the beautiful and... uh, professional Hasty. Uh, she is a mortgage agent and I can't wait to introduce her to you guys. Hello, Hasty. Hi, Adriana. That was such a nice. How are you? <laughs> Thank you. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. I, I was just going to go through what our summary was here so that we could let everybody know the kind of magic that you bring to, to our show today. Um, so um, in this episode, we'll, we'll catch up and talk all about how to get a mortgage when you are a business. Um, you're going to let us know about the do's and don'ts of buying a house and so much more. Um, if you guys don't catch this live or you can't finish the uh, episode, you can catch us on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on pretty much any platform you can think about. Um, we will be on there. Um, and I can't wait to dive in. So who is Hasty? Hasty is your trusted guide to securing the perfect mortgage, especially tailored for business owners, first-time home buyers, and much, much more. Um, as a seasoned mortgage alliance professional, Canada's most trusted mortgage brokerage, Hasty specializes in helping entrepreneurs and business owners navigate the world of mortgages. She's coming on live, as you can see, to debunk some mortgage myths and to give us some important tips with a wealth of expertise and an extensive network of over 60 lenders, some exclusive to brokers like Hasty. You know, they have insights and options to make your dream of owning a home a reality. We will also touch on Hasty's journey as an entrepreneur and what happiness means to her. So don't miss this chance. And as always, guys, if you have comments, questions, um, anything constructive, feel free to uh, send us uh, a question through any of the comments on, on the platforms that we're on live, and we will do our best to feature your comment and to answer any questions. Um, so here we are. Hasty, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> How are you this fine I Monday like morning? I feel like covered it all. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> No, no, not even close. How are you this fine Monday morning? 
Uh, I'm doing actually pretty good. You know, I had a chance to uh, start my day by chit-chatting with you before the show. So it was, and we always That's have right. fun. I, I love always. whenever we chit-chat and unfortunately we're both so busy that that doesn't happen. But whenever we just get on a, a, a some Zoom, I don't know if people know that, but sometimes we get on a Zoom and do your own work and I do all my work while we're chit-chatting and it's just, it's a very, it's very, very relaxing fun time. <laughs> yes, you can tell that we're both entrepreneurs that work from home for the most part, because it's like, oh, it's like having a coworker. <laughs> yes, it's body doubling, right? It's it's funner, you know. Yes, of course it is. Of course it is. And um, I mean, you have your coworker killer, which is a sweet little puppy, right? Oh, well, she's not my coworker. She's more of a manager. Oh, your supervisor. Got <laughs> it. Supervisor, yeah. I've got my supervisors over there. There's two of them just <laughs> lounging around in cat form. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, it's um, this journey of ours is interesting, right? I mean, yeah. you're also very social and I love that. I've attended a couple of Hasty's um, um, events that she's put on and you know Hasty works with a lot of realtors and she is based out of Toronto Canada um yes. so um I've attended a couple of them and they're just so fun and so refreshing and especially for people like me that work from home from their like dungeon slash basement it's so <laughs> great it's so great to get out into the world you know I, I'm, I'm glad that to hear that 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 was the goal of those uh, i mean another one is coming up soon which I, you have to be there obviously yeah uh but the, it, it was, was the point of those it. it was supposed to bring entrepreneurs together where mm -hmm. in an environment mm -hmm. where you can create a relationship but it's not that pressure of like or maybe like networking event where you just in there like make as much yeah I didn't need to I didn't need to bust out your three-piece suit you know what I mean yeah so, no we told me yeah, no. like oh how are you how should we dress how are you like right right and how are you just, like how are you right, just so everybody knows and, and you, you know can what? tell a lot of people came and uh, it's so wonderful when we hear about it afterward it's they created relationship that not were necessarily work relationship they were just um totally friends or whatever right and I, it's it's that's what's supposed to be my manager wants to join us if you would like to oh wonderful your manager let's see oh of hello course. no as soon as i get to the meeting oh, hello start. killer he's <laughs> <laughs> like i need to be here <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she was funny. sleeping up to now but then of course now she needs to be part of this of course, of course. I'm not even going to show you where my managers are. I think he's taking a nap. He's a terrible manager. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking a nap over there. He's he's a little old too, so you know. <laughs> no, he, he he he's he's trusting his employees. Like, no, I trained them all, but this one's still like, no, I still need to train you. Yeah, watch your every every move, every move. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Tell us a little bit about what it's like to work with people like me who are entrepreneurs and are potentially looking. First of all, the house market is crazy over here. And I hear the same thing from my my friends down in the States. I was talking to a yeah. client and she was telling me about like the state of Las Vegas, uh, like not the state, but I'm saying the state of the like housing market. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was just 
we could have cried together and it would have been a completely normal reaction. You know what I mean? So tell us what it's like to work with entrepreneurs that are like, how am I going to be able to afford a house? Um, so it is one of my biggest passion because uh, my part of the job that I love is making that call and say, I have a solution for you. And one of the biggest uh, misconception is that entrepreneurs thinks that they cannot um, get qualify qualification. They think they have to go straight to private, right? Right. Right. Um, whereas uh, the the funny part is that there are I I want to say I don't want to say more options, right? But different solutions. When you are employed, your income is your income. This is it. You see that? There is solutions. But for entrepreneurs, um, depending on what type of business you have and what kind, what kind of income you have, how do you, how do you basically um, report your income? And are you corporated? Are you sole prior? Or do you... Right. Um, how because much a lot of... A lot of that will will affect your taxes, right? So exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it, it depends, and it's so important to have somebody like you to navigate mm -hmm. it because you know what you're doing, and you're not just gonna say, you're not like one of those online calculators that are like, "Well, good luck to you," you know? No. <laughs> I think I think I, I I we had that conversation with you. One thing I tell my clients, I'm like, I, I, I understand the urge of wanting to go online and put your numbers in those calculators. But yeah. those calculators are just like putting in Google that you have a sniffly nose. And next thing you know, you think you have, have a brain uh, tumor. <laughs> you have two days to live. Right. <laughs> right. It's just like that calculator does doesn't understand your needs nuances. and long-term solution. Yes. And as also, if you're not in a, in a business of mortgage yourself, if you haven't done mortgages yourself, even if you have many properties, because I have some people like, I have many properties, so I know mortgages. I'm like, no, believe me. The lenders right. themselves don't know enough, right? It's because it's just, it's that big. It's that um and things change constantly. And unless you're doing this every day in and out, you're not going to know all the solution and options and everything. You're just going to know the basics that everybody else knows that is on the news that your neighbor talked about, which is fine. It's a great starting point. But then you might go try to do your own research or go straight to the bank, which I work with banks. They're great. But the going to straight to banks is that you have to understand they can only offer you what they have. Yeah. Yeah. And then you might, the solution might be out there just that that bank don't have. So if you're doing that, you might scare yourself out of like purchasing or you might feel like, oh, I can't yeah. buy. There's no way. I mean, but there is solutions. Also, I tell people with my entrepreneurs, your urge is when you're doing your taxes is to deduct, 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 so you don't pay taxes. And I tell them, if you're planning to purchase at any point, which I think everyone should be purchasing, 
not just uh, home to live with investments is that get your mortgage broker and your accountant in touch because yeah. your accountant job is to save you money and they don't know your long-term solution. And even if they know what you that you want to purchase a property, they don't know what you need to qualify. Well, it's just not their job, right? At the it's end of the day, it's just not their job to make that happen for you. And before exactly. we... Before we move on from the topic of like, you can go straight to the bank. I just want to point out that what we see as the clients are what's in front of the curtain, but behind the curtain mm -hmm. is you have these mortgage brokers that form relationships with all kinds of lenders, right? We don't have that ability. So even if you want to go do it on your own, it's not going to be the same because you don't have those relationships. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, those lenders are they let's be, let's be serious. They, everybody has their favorites to work with and mm -hmm. people they don't like, or people that know that come through for them every time or people that know mm -hmm. that never bring them what they need. Right. So then that's an advantage. If you get somebody that's good, like a good mortgage agent they know how to tailor their specific mm -hmm. applications and how they talk and what kind of documents to offer right away to kind of make sure that they're working within the parameters of that lender mm -hmm. as a client I don't have that insight right so it's so important to have somebody um, who will go that extra mile for you to get that solution because Yes, at the end of the day, it's numbers, but it's also like it's it's all risk evaluation, right? Like as a paralegal, when you learn why your job exists, it's because people at some point calculated risk very poorly, right? Yeah. In those specific areas. But everything is the same. Like insurance is all risk calculation. Mortgages mm -hmm. are all risk calculation. Like, yes, profits are there, but because everybody has to eat. So Profits yeah. are a given, right? But it's all yeah. about risk calculation. So there's a give and take. And if you don't have that right professional on your side, you're going to lose out. Exactly. Um, I mean, you, you also have to understand, like, the, the relationship build part. That I, I love how you touched on that one. It's, it's a huge part of my business. I spend a good chunk of my business creating those extra relationships, not just by, with lenders, also with... Uh, lawyers with uh, mm -hmm. accountants with like anything you can think of uh, appraisers is that it's that time that I spend that extra time that I spend to create those relationship allows me to be able to give the services that my clients much well deserve right it's right. Uh, the, the process of home buying doesn't matter if you've done it one time or buy it uh, 20,000 times, it can be stressful. You are uh, investing on put a big chunk of money and asset, right? And you want it to go perfectly. And, you know, and, and as, as, as the process you starts, even people who have done it many times, they realize, oh, it's not as like cookie cutter as you think. So like, you know, a stress can build up. So if I can take those stress off my client as much as possible, yeah. I will do that, right? Yeah. Um, I have called a, a lawyers that I work very closely with. I've called them on weekend. I'm like, 
I need this done. And they do it on vacation. A lawyer that I work with that you also know, vacation, done it. It's yeah. not because um, he doesn't like to relax. It's because I built a relationship with him that it's, it allowed me to ask that, which yeah. means my client now doesn't have to stress about, oh no, where do I find a lawyer last night? Because people actually, one of the thing is that um, they don't think about the, all the people. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. I was just going to ask you that. I was like, can you give us a list of all the professionals that you may encounter from your journey of like your client wants to buy a house all the way to like the closing? Who are the professionals that you work with? You're working with a realtor. So obviously a realtor, please, please, please use a realtor. Use all these professionals, right? Buying a home is not when you want to like buy <laughs> <laughs> penny pinch right um you're working with a mortgage broker obviously right um yeah. uh, which with that becomes obviously the, the, the lender the vdm the underwriter all the, all the people that work with the mortgage broker and then you work with your uh, appraiser and also your um specter and your lawyer right and sometimes you have to work with two set of lawyers depending on the situation and uh, your final people who are going to help you with that is your movers. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this is, it, this is a team of people who are going to be helping you to um, get have your dreams and come true. And um, what I've seen a lot of times is that people don't actually think about other people. They start shopping immediately. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of times they don't even try to qualify or they don't qualify themselves correctly. And also they go to a realtor first because right. everyone thinks, okay, I need to find a home first before I find the finances. No. Can no. I can I tell when you? When you go shopping, you don't leave home and start shopping first and then go home and see how much money you have in your wallet. Yeah, first. exactly. No, exactly. I love that analogy. You don't leave your wallet at home if you want to go shopping. And then exactly. You don't leave it there yeah. and then and then not not even look at inside of it how much you have. We yeah. do your shopping and I'd be like, oh, let me just go get my wallet. And yeah. then you're like, oh, damn. I'm Can I tell right. you, though, how um, like I 100 percent agree. And because I'm I'm going through this myself, it's it's like I, this is so recent for me and it's still happening that I'm like, yep, yep, yep. But it was so easy for my realtor to find me because I was just I was just looking online to I wasn't even sure what I was going to do. I was like okay, I guess let's start looking at the market, like not with any intention to move forward on anything, but because they make it so easy now online for the realtors to get your contact information, they contact you first. So yeah. that's like one of the like struggles that you have to deal with. It's like, okay, that's great. But how do you know what your max is? Like, how do you know what your limit is, right? So I remember looking at your Instagram and one of your posts was like pre-qualification, pre-qualification, pre-qualification. <laughs> and I was like, that makes sense to me. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and well, let me tell you something. Again, another misconception is that pre-qualification is that people, I ask them a lot of times, I'm like, oh, do you have your pre-qualified? Yep. Okay, please explain how you got pre-qualified because it's that way I know how. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know what you're about correct. to say. I <laughs> know uh, what you're about to say. <laughs> if you go anywhere, whether it's 
bank proper. So if nobody asks you for your documents or check your credit and they told you you are qualified for this much, that's not pre-qualification. Because no, I can just right. ask you right now how much you make. Most people don't know what the right answer to that is. Especially right. as business owners, as a business owner, when you when you think of how much you make, you're thinking of your gross. Yeah, I think of my sales numbers versus yeah. and then and then you start thinking about it, but wait, I also pay HST, which is our tax, which is our yeah. like our federal tax. But then I also think about, but do you mean like like what I made before expenses or before deductions, or does that include the, the HST credit? So like sometimes you get credits from the government because you're, you also have to have expenses that exactly. pay tax on tax. So it's like, there's so many questions. And, but even if you have, uh, if you're employed, it's like, okay, but which line is it? Next? Exactly. Is it or, or for example, like, like yeah. I have, have you as employed, have you received uh, bonuses? So right. people count as bonus, like um, they say, oh, my income plus bonus. But if you only receive bonus for one year and now you're trying to buy a home, guess what? We cannot use that bonus. You have to remove yeah. that bonus. You have to at least receive it for two years. Right. And some people don't think that bonuses are part of your income, even though they don't realize that you do get taxed for it. So obviously, Hasty would exactly. know these rules of... Yeah. But you have to have shown at least a pattern of receiving these bonuses versus why does it not count? Because I get taxed by the government as income, as taxable income, right? Like yeah. it's just so many things that there's you don't so many know. things. And also like credit, right? People tell me, well, my credit is good. Can you just tell me I have a good credit? I have a 700 credit. Oh, fantastic. But a lender is not just looking at your the, the no. score. They're also looking at the report, right? Yeah. And is it true that... I was told this by somebody a long time ago and it kind of stuck in the back of my head. Is it true that you have like your credit score and your lending score? Like how there's two? So there are actually several different if on your credit score. There's several so more than two. Scores. Okay. <laughs> there's also Equifax and TransUnion. They right, are different, right, right. right? But there is, the, the, there is a credit score and Here's another uh, great thing. If you check your credit score as a consumer, your own credit score, your credit score is going to show differently from the one when I pull it. Yeah, I found that out with you, actually. Yeah, I found that out. I was, exactly. I was like, I have terrible credit. And you're like, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to tell you why, because even people in Aquifax don't know why is just how the cat equation is and nobody know what the equation is so. <laughs> no offense to equifax but when i think of equifax i think of like you know in cartoons where they show like the big big bad pharmaceutical company that's what i think of i'm like equifax doesn't even know how it runs and who runs it if you ask equifax who runs yeah. it they don't know they don't, you know? They don't. <laughs> and 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 this is why i tell people i was like okay but but look but have an eye on your not credit score, but credit report, because the amount right. of times they make a mistake. That's a good tip. But also the event that it takes to fix that mistake. Like the For length example, of time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that too, uh, where they add in uh, another thing too, that I noticed personally is they never used to include uh, student loans that were like government facilitated and like I don't know when they changed it but now they do so mm -hmm. if you're behind on like student loans that that's definitely 
like a problem, right? That now they, uh, they what kind of student law? Are you talking like, about student law from a bank or student like from like like federal? Federal student law? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah, like they never used to do that. And now they do. Or um, or like you said, I've heard of people being like, I've never taken out this credit card, and they don't find out that their identity was stolen until it's like three years in arrears, you know what I mean? Of payments. It's really, it's really crazy to me. I mean, I mean, the, the length that it takes to correct it and that itself, it can affect, like if you're coming last minute to try to figure all this out, right? It's just, yeah, you're, you're not going to have time. I, mean, I understand sometimes things happens and you do have to take, take care of things last minute, mm -hmm. but if you can, Try not to try look things ahead of a time. Right. Even people who are renting, you know, at some point of your life, you're gonna purchase. Right. Right. So you keep don't an need eye to on wait it. until like two months before to get in contact with professional. Get it two years before because realistically, we need your two year average. Let's let's figure yeah. this out now. Right. Yeah, that's what people don't understand. It's like you need to go back a certain amount of time mm -hmm. to to get that information, but. Well, um, when I worked uh, at a law firm in my previous professional life, and I worked in civil litigation, so we dealt with quite a few files where these closings fell through. So people were suing each other because mm -hmm. things went just so wrong, right? And <laughs> almost every single time, it was with people that bought first worried about qualifying later yeah so like so like you'll always see mm -hmm. private mortgages because nobody would approve them for a three million dollar mm -hmm. house right and then lo and behold even the private lender then something happens they fall through and now they're in this like yeah, you know, lawsuit that is going on for five years, ready to be kicked off the docket at the courthouse because it's taking so long, because all they're doing is going back and forth with their lawyers. I hate to break it to you, but that is thousands and thousands of dollars that mm -hmm. are now being put into this lawsuit yeah. instead of like doing a very simple, simple thing is to get your numbers first, then go shopping. Yeah. Right. Like it's so it's like a lot of this could have been avoided. A lot of this could have been, you know, and there was some where you could tell that they did not engage the right professionals and those professionals made mistakes and we could pick out the mistakes. We as yeah. not the people in, in the industry, when we would do our reviews and stuff, because you have to be able to respond to these claims like legally, right? We do the reviews and we were able to pick out the mistakes of where, like when on the timeline, what happened to be like, that was like a huge red flag. That was a yeah. huge red flag. Right. So it's so important to try to be able to trust and really know the professional that you're engaging with. Right. Mm -hmm. So exactly. Um, yeah. And that's like referral usually comes from, right. You yeah. Like uh, most of the people that I work with are referred to me from people who already worked with me, whether it's a, a yeah client or another professional they understand it's the best marketing that's the best marketing it that you can is. get it is your and that's the thing though um i feel like it's not just in my industry it's in most industries that you don't understand your 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 client 
when you're done with whatever providing with that service, it's not the end of the line. It's right. only the, end of the line if you treat it that way, because you just spend this whole time creating that relationship. The client can come back. The client can uh, send you a referral. Yeah. So you don't see me saying bye bye to my clients after closing. Right. They hear from me. <laughs> right. Which is which is important. Because so the thing is just because I. We're getting, are we Sorry, getting a little I'm bit frozen. of feedback? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I'm just uh, thinking, can you tell us a little bit about like what kind of client experience you give your clients after the house closes? Like what are the sort of things that you check in on? Um, so um, it, it really depends on each case. Um, if Just examples, right? Yeah, so a general, most general thing is I do call the client 30 days after or whatever, or whatever their uh, payment structure is. For their first payment that has come out, I call them to make sure that they are, uh, if things went well, if there's anything mm -hmm. I can do. Um, obviously, I called after closing, congratulate the client and ask if everything went well, if there's anything I can I can do. And since I usually I hear about it, since I make sure to call the client's lawyer and everyone and choose myself and make sure that I they understand that they can involve me if anything's anything Off, goes sideways. Yeah. Because again, I the relationship I create with the underwriter, it, other professional might not have that chance. So I can ask for things that I might not be able to ask by other people right? Right, right um and then after that i will definitely get in touch with the client um every three to six months um depending on a client situation i will definitely um, give them an update and if there's a client where we had to put them in a certain product they, they couldn't qualify right away for that product right after the closing they put into this like plan of how to get to that point that they want to be point so i'm constantly calling to make sure everything that was on the plan are being yeah. reached if there's anything changing we need to um maneuver the plan right away rather than wait until last minute and find out like oh okay so this debt needs to be paid off uh, and now we are at the renewal time and it didn't get paid off right right Right. So, um, so you're not just, you're not just like, well, I did my job end of the line here. No, 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 because that's not the end of the line. I, I just help the client to, um, it's like a being a parent when you birth it, so <laughs> the job doesn't end when they go off to college and they get married, the job doesn't end. The job ends. <laughs> like you're super proud, but you still have to do some maintenance. You know what I mean? Yeah. You still have to make sure that everything's a-okay. And if not figure out things ahead of the time rather than wait last minute. So yeah. That's hilarious. You know, like, especially, especially if your client it's has a certain plan and, Really, right. really ever I hear clients say, nope, I want to buy this house and live in it forever. Even them, I call a month later, they say, you know what? We're <laughs> thinking about like maybe in two, three years, we'll switch to this. I'm like, ah, 
Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, so we, we are just about halfway through here, everybody. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Negotiating Happiness um, on um, the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. Uh, and some of our shows are on Roku TV as well. So give us a a quick search and you will find us there. I am here today on Monday, September 25th with Hasty and she is a mortgage agent and telling us all of the do's and don'ts about qualifying uh, for a mortgage as a business, as an entrepreneur. And she will share some of her golden nuggets of wisdom of how her entrepreneurial journey got her to where she is. Um, anybody that's listening in, if you have any questions or comments, please leave them. Please be constructive. And also, um, if you just want to say hi, we'll, we'll feature your comment. Um, and if you want to join into the discussion, uh, definitely type away. Um, and yeah, I've, I've actually already pasted in the comments where you could find Hasty's website. And also, if you wanted to connect with her on Instagram, um, she's a super fun account there with uh, where you get really good information, but also you get to see all of the events that Hasty puts on. And I don't think we mentioned it earlier, but um, I think one of your events was actually for a cause. Like you hold them, like, I think it was for a charity, one of them. Um, both of them were. Both of them. Yeah. So I just, yeah, like it's not just for like the sake of networking. Hasty's yeah. putting her heart and soul into doing good things at the same time. So um, definitely if you have a link for us, we would love to um, to put it in here uh, for anybody that's listening and is local. Um, Hasty is in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. So, and for those that are our friends in New Orleans and stateside, um, keep up with her on Instagram. Okay. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So we've gone through the whole, like, this is why you need, uh, like mm -hmm. these professionals and this is how they work together and don't, you know, don't, don't go on Google and, think that you're going to get the same results from a mortgage calculator or from a bank than you would from somebody who has like over 60 lenders in their pockets and quite a few relationships with their mm -hmm. underwriters and lenders in general. So what about, tell us some fun, fun things as like, obviously as much as you can say, what are some of the disasters that you've encountered that we could all learn from not to do when trying to qualify for a mortgage? <laughs> I just saw your, your, your eyes light up. I loved it. <laughs> like think like a hundred memories coming. Bring it um, on. <laughs> One of the things that I actually have, a, I am creating like these funny, <laughs> I'm trying to make my Instagram a little bit lighthearted at the same time, yeah. send out messages that I could be like, hey, please stop. <laughs> Don't do that. Please, please stop. <laughs> For the love of yeah. God, please stop. One <laughs> thing is that when you purchase a property, especially if you're first one or you like, finally bought that property that is your dream property or any property i know it's exciting and you want to now all of a sudden go buy your uh, expensive car to match the house and change all the <laughs> furniture but 
for sake of uh, yourself and me, a realtor, everyone, <laughs> everyone, please don't do it before the closing. You have to understand when you qualify, you qualify on a situation that you were at a time with the credit score and the amount of debt that you have, right? And then um, we get, ex I, I'm really good at getting exceptions and, uh, you know, but I get exceptions by not just, you know, looking all pretty. I do have to say, <laughs> are you sure? Cause you're fabulous. I love it. I know. <laughs> I have to tell the client, I tell the lender why they should. I'm like, look at this uh, uh, client. So wonderful. Look up to now they spend their money so well. And then, yes. get, uh, but you know, one thing people don't understand is that the lender will, can, will, can and will uh, check your credit on the last day as well, while you're signing with your lawyer, right? Yeah. Because they want to know everything's so kosher, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I don't want to get a call from the lender saying, hey, um, by the way, we no longer can give the mortgage because your client just signed himself into a 30,000 car payment. Now they don't qualify anymore. Or, hey, your client spending all this money on furniture on their credit card when they just have signed up for this huge debt that doesn't look like someone who's going to be responsible yeah because realistically unless the the deal is funded if the client the lender and you as a client have a right to um you know cancel the deal and the lender has the same right and if they look last minute and they see, oh no, this client all of a sudden going buying $3,000 fancy chairs, might not yeah. budgeting well and might not be able to pay the mortgage. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not always so black and white. And because they literally have access to everything, right? Like yeah. they, have your t they have your tax forms, they have your employment or business information, they have your business activity. So if you are an everything. entrepreneur, they can see like, it would also be weird to me if one year I was claiming like, I don't know, like meals and entertainment was like $300. But the next year, I'm all of a sudden claiming like six, like $10,000, right? It's like, oh, where are yeah. you getting this, this or, 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 you know, office expenses, right? Like if my mm -hmm. office expenses are all of a sudden, like through the roof, that's probably a concern for them, right? Like yeah, how has I your mean, overhead I mean, changed? As long as there's explanation behind it, it's fine. But if there is not, then the lender just looks at that as um, thing, either the client is not financially um, responsible Mm -hmm. or numbers are not reflecting correctly. Like there's something not correct, right? It's and off. Yeah, it's off. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another thing is, I don't know who out there put it into the universe, but there's a belief people think that, oh, I need to increase my credit score. I need to show that I'm very responsible. Let me close a whole bunch of credit card that has a whole bunch of history on it last minute because that will drop your credit score because you have to understand when you close a credit card you also erasing all the payment history right right they still can see it but the history just left your credit score 
and it will immediately right. drop your credit score. And there is a, a minimum credit score to qualify for each lender and each product. And all of a sudden, if you do that and they your um, credit score drops, it dropped. It doesn't matter anymore. It just you just don't qualify anymore, right? Yeah. So this this is super important because I remember you and I having this conversation. Can you tell us what you told me? I had no clue, and I'm not. I'm like your typical like millennial that wasn't taught finances in school, right? So this isn't my forte, but I I feel like I've tried to read enough to to understand it myself. But without you, I would have never known this. So tell this is so super important. If you are trying to keep your credit score up and increase it, mm-hmm. what kind of what's the lending situation that you should look at? Like, what's the number of things that you should have that are revolving? I remember you were telling me about this. So, so you tell us to- this is this is gold. If you're going to listen to anything today, this is it. Yes. Uh, this is this a minimum requirement of what is called is two revolving account. Revolving accounts are credit cards, line of credit, anything that you can pay and spend and pay and spend is revolving, right? Yep. And that's a minimum two that each have two years of history at least, right? Right. And there is good debt and a bad debt. So things like mortgage, uh, car loan even though my mortgage side it doesn't love it but it's still good it considered good debt because it increases means that another institution qualified you to go into a pretty big commitment yeah yeah alone so these are good that that they will increase your but then you have to also be careful right your debt to income qualification if you're making $50,000 $50,000 a year, but then you just right now have $30,000 car. You'd like your income to debt qualification now is not that great. The, the um, ratio, right? Like the ratio is off. The ratio, exactly. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and, and also the thing is like, don't open up, uh, if you don't open up store credit cards like when you go to debay it's so hard when they say you get 30 percent off if you apply for or like costco because our neighbors in the south have costco too exactly mastercards yeah unless there's a reason behind it if you opening up all these credit cards from different store it just makes you look like you depend on credit cards in order to uh pay for your stuff means that you are not financially uh um stable yeah, stable. you're not responsible. Yeah. You're not really thinking. So if you're not like a contractor and you have a Home Depot and Canadian Tire credit card that you keep using, why are you using? Your job is not related to it. You have right. no need. So try to open it with your banks. Like you have a two, like a capital one is good. Your you, Whatever you bank with, have a line of credit and credit card with there. If you However, if you already have a credit card, doesn't matter if it's favorable or not, and you have a whole bunch of history on it, don't close it. Mm-hmm. Don't close it. And I know they tell you close this, close that. No, don't close it. Even when I do debt qualification for my clients where basically we refinance the house to pay off debt because it will give them cash flow, I will make sure to let the client pay them off, do not close. I make sure that the lawyer understands, don't close it, just pay them off, right? 
and then if you don't want to use it because you you don't want to you're closing it because you don't want to use it you don't want to put that on cut up your card put it in a block of ice put it in a freezer but don't close the account you're going yeah. to remove all that history and drop your credit score yeah that's and funny that happens a lot with um family law where you'll literally have it's a little bit different i guess because you have like joint accounts with people but sometimes it's it's let's say it's a debt like a line of credit it's only one person but after you pay it off it'll say something like and then account will be closed and i'm like why would you close it especially if that person's name is off of it like keep it because then all that you're right all of that history then gets to stay with your credit but that happens a lot in law because what they see it as so it's so funny like your domain is like the credit, like minding the credit score, but the lawyer's domain is keeping you low risk. So yes, it's low risk for you day to day because it's not revolving and you're not keep going to keep putting yourself in debt if you're irresponsible. Right. Yeah. But on your side, you're saying, well, that might be true. That's not beneficial to your credit score. Right. It's not. It's so not. this is why, this is why don't expect your lawyer or your accountant to do the job of somebody that's trying to actually qualify you for the thing that you want, right? Exactly. And and that's the thing though. And and you know what? The one thing you touched uh, so beautifully on it that you're right. It's not because people just don't give a damn about their uh, like money and they just spend it however. It's because we were not educated on this. I mm-hmm. myself, right, truly start learning all this stuff when I became, when I went into finances myself, Mm -hmm. because now Mm -hmm. it's part of my job to learn, to make sure that I can, you know, help my client. Right. Right. Before that, I thought just like anybody else, close the credit card and then you credit score increases. No, it doesn't. Right. 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 And I, I truly hope that um, the newer generation have this for an experience because for us, it was a bit of a, I'm sorry. It was a, no, no. Um, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. For us, it was a bit of a, a curving, curving. You know, learning curve. Yeah. Yeah, learning curve. And I feel like it was different from our parents because it was a different time. <laughs> you mean you didn't need the capital that you need now just to function? Interesting. No. No. <laughs> we could have a whole show. <clears throat> on what it takes to buy a house now versus what it did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I can't even, I can't even. And it's not just inflation. It's just literally the cost of things are, are like, it's just skyrocketed past yeah. inflation. We're so far past inflation. We're like in another solar system, you know, exactly. where the rate is. And yeah. that's a, it's, it's interesting to me when parents say, well, when we were your age, we had a house and a car and three kids and, one person yeah. would be like, yeah, because you lived in a different market. A person worked at for a thousand bucks. Your your mortgage was my same amount of my cell phone bill right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's wild to me. Like, but even even just so when I came here to Canada when mm-hmm. we immigrated, my parents were able to buy a house with a five thousand dollar down payment. Yeah. And this was only in two thousand and three. Okay. Yeah. We are in 2023. So exactly 20 years ago, yeah, you got a house, which by the way, to me, it seems like yesterday. Like I don't even, 20 years ago seems like, oh my God. But because I just have such vivid memories of this. Yeah. $5,000. Yeah. What can you do with $5,000 today, Asti? Tell us. 
Um, you can survive for a month. Barely. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Honestly, and even parenting is very different. Like, <laughs> our parents didn't have to worry about the amount of like expenses and activities that the kids have I right know. now where parents have to pay for. I know. Our parents I... did not need to worry about per, like paying for us expensive cell phone and it's, it's, it's a different time so you can't compare. I know and you if you compare. if you deny your child that like yeah sure there's like age appropriate things right but if you say well I never had a cell phone okay but they're also going farther without us like they're also going on planes and going on school trips and going on things like would you be comfortable with them not having that cell phone? Because I can tell you the moment that I got a cell phone when I was 18, right? My yeah. brother, who was only 10 years younger than me, got a cell phone way before that because my parents needed to be in contact with him, right? Yeah. So there are just certain things that are safer and are more like in the name of progress, right? Like you do it. So you can't just say that's fine. Then don't like, I hate it when people say, you need to stop going to Starbucks. That's why you can't afford a house. I was like, $5 a day will not even make up for a quarter of the inflation that's happening. So don't, exactly. don't tell I mean, me about that. Like, don't tell me about that. Exactly. Like, no, like, no, like I, I truly believe like sometimes we can get, especially I, I myself as like, it's, it's, it's not easy to be self-employed. You become everything of your own company, especially at the beginning. Yeah. So, you know, it's e easier to like order over eat here and there and not realizing how much you spend, but also like our parents didn't have to work, even the business owner didn't have to work to the point that we, we just were living in a different economy. We're living in an economy in a world of technology where everything moves so fast that if you don't keep up with the same speed you left behind. So you feel like you need all this extra it's, time. This it's extra to time your detriment. Means, yeah, it's you to need your to detriment. Keep, yeah, exactly. That means for yeah. this extra time, this extra time is going to cost you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. It's like, I look at, I look at my mom sometimes and like, this was just the way that the things that the cards were, you know, given to her. She's very young. Like, so she's not like, it's not like she doesn't, um, like she's no, she's too old to do any of this, but she never had the opportunity to learn like how to be on a computer and how to like function really well on computers and whatnot. Right. But she could like design a wedding dress with like, a uh, with like, you know, six layers in her sleep. So from scratch, right. Like with papers, she'll make her own patterns, whatever. So like her brain works that way, but unfortunately she just never had that with computers. So what are you going to say now to me? Like, no, you shouldn't buy your kid like a computer or no, they can't go and experience this in tech or whatever, because, but no, don't do that. Because now, now she sees how hard it is to try. Like she can't really, she can't really do the things that she wants to do sometimes because it requires a certain level of knowledge and experience. Right. So you can't yeah. just say, well, I didn't need that. That's great. But that's not the, the life that we live today. Right. Like it's just not, it's just not it. So we're, we have a couple minutes left and we could probably complain about this forever. And I love it. Um, but tell me, tell me, what is it about you being an entrepreneur and what you do that makes you happy? Or what are the things that you do that 
that your lifestyle allows you to do in order to be happy. In in my career itself, um, I have a very much uh, problem solver brain. I get a very joy out of uh, problem solving, and my career allows me to do that day at night, especially working in this market, working with a lot of self employed people. Um, I, I enjoy that. I, I that keeps me going, and when I get like solutions, really have making that call to my client and say. I have a solution for you. You actually mm-hmm. are able to buy a house. Uh, it's the happiest thing that makes me, right? I mean, everything everything else in between it, yeah, it can be stressful, but that's what makes it going. Um, in my own personal, uh, because it has to be balanced. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's the, the typical answer of like, yeah, my family, the fact that I don't know, like killer it's a huge part of my joy obviously of course course. Uh, but i just i want to know like for you like what makes your heart full aside uh, from the normal stuff uh yeah so like okay a a fun fact i have a um i studied psychology in university especially abnormal psychology and i have such a passion about that and Every second I get, I, I read um, what's self-help book, but I really look at the, the psychologist part of it and I implement those in my life and I like really search in my brain to see the differences. And when I see those differences, I'm like, oh, oh, like this, that's actually her. I really enjoy that. It just that is such weird. That is such a, I laugh because I, I do that and I'm told that that's a, that's a neuro spicy brain thing. Not everybody's able to do that. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So from one ADHD to another, uh, yes. Oh my God, ADHD, that sucks. I'm like, no. Well, there's good like, and bad. Like you're able to discern patterns so much easier. Yes. So much easier. Yes. Yes. And it's Agreed. like, I love that. I, I, you know, people like, oh, sometimes when I say, oh, I have ADHD, like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, maybe sometimes 50,000 uh, stuff goes through my brain and I can't stop it. But yeah. it's like all the tabs open in your brain. And you're like, oh, exactly. my God, you're slowing me I down. I have one of the funnest <laughs> brain ever. And I yeah. really like how I can, you know, that, and that's probably why I love the, the solution solving part of yes, my business yes. because for me I put the picture together and I see like things it's and puzzle. I'm like oh it's like puzzle, this is how yeah. and I love it I love I that to- I can totally relate it's a puzzle same with me I do like solutions for operations right it's like oh you have that problem let me think about it I'll get you like I'll get you something you know like I'll fix it I'll, I'll you know yeah I totally that's so fun what do you do for fun though like what do you do when you like step away from from all the because I was gonna say what do you do when you turn off your brain? But that's not possible when you have ADHD. No, my brain so what do you do when you like physically remove yourself from this room and force yourself to do something else? Because that's <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, for me, obviously the typical, like I like the gym and stuff, but then that, that, that I, I, I read a lot of book and if I like, this is, this is like maybe 1% of my bookshelf over here. Oh, uh, if okay. I, if there's so much. Um, I also have a, a, a book club in my what? Book, I didn't know this <laughs> now we actually opened it to everyone oh. so whoever likes oh. to join please DM me uh you can join yes. and okay. this is exactly how we do it is it's 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 
instructed that way, I guess by me, because I run it, is that we vote on a book, mostly a lot of like psychology or self-help book or business books or all that. And then it's like a mindset uh, kind of group development. Yeah. 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 Um, so we read a chapter, we come back, we learn and be like, Hey, what did you like the best? What do you want to implement in your, and then we give each other a task. Right. And then the following, we do that. And we following week, we like, okay, how did it go? Are you going to continue putting this into your life? And then we come back later on, like at the end, to see who would stick with what the longest and then see what, how it, it, so the follow through, I love that. It's the follow through, not just like I read it. Now it's going to the back of my head. Oh Yeah. I know we have like a minute left, but I I brought this up in one of the other episodes. Have you guys read Burnout yet? The what? Burnout. Not yet. No, no, no. Oh, but it's on the list. You will love it. You because you and I have the same neuro spicy brain. It's called Burnout, and it's also on Audible. So if you want to listen to it when you're driving or something, like this is yeah. an easy read for people who have a hard time like finishing. Let's say. Um, I really love it. One of my other guests had, um, had this on the list for us and it was such a great, um, recommendation. I I will definitely read it, but here's my question. I know that you're supposed to ask all the questions. The time is almost. No, no, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) From the way you like to say neurodivergent spicy. Neuro spicy. (laughs) uh, How do you deal with burnout? Because I know. That's okay. Okay. Well now because of this book. Okay. It's by Kate. Hold on. I'll tell you. Where is it? It's Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski. I think one is a PhD and one's a master's. There's two sisters that wrote this book and they made me very aware that I wasn't completing the cycle of stress. So that is what brings in the burnout. So the way that I try to now, it's like, okay, I'm really upset. So now I need to go complete the cycle of stress. So for me, it used to be working out, but it's not so much now that I'm a mom. So now I got to go and intentionally like go take a walk, clear my head, complete, complete it, leave it in the past, move on. Like it's, it got me thinking about all of the times that we get so upset and so wrapped up into our own lives that we don't see the end of it yeah. because we never actually complete it. So it's like your body, your physical, like on top of the emotional side, but your, your physical body holds on to all of this stress. So I have to yeah. move. I have to move. I have to, this is going to sound really funny, but like I sing in the car, like yes. loud 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 get it out like it's so fun it's so fun you just have to find the way that it works for you and in this book they do such a good job of having different characters show what their cycle is and there's women and and it's so funny because they deal with very real 2023 problems like women in careers moms and sisters and you know like things that that would affect all of us as, as women and how we deal with it and why these, like these things are happening. So I tried to now think about it. Did I complete the cycle of stress? If not, what am I doing to get my body and mind to get there? Right. Yeah. Like it used to be when I was a teenager, I did, I did judo, right. I did Uh not realize how much of a help that was the release, the sweating it out, the like, 
You know, I feel like that's why I never had a hard time. So I'm pretty sure I've had ADHD for like since I've known, but I didn't really realize it until like last year when I talked to my doctor and whatnot. So I will say that is the crappiest part of it is like I didn't realize it. And the beauty of being a woman, uh, that's one of the things. Women's are, uh, the, right. they, they don't get right. diagnosed early enough. I Right. Yeah, I, I got diagnosed in grade 10, but I didn't start really taking care of it or taking it seriously until last year. Yeah, do you want to know why? Because we don't present like boys. Yeah. So we are not disruptive. So it's not something that needs to get dealt with. But in reality, it's up here and you're like having such a hard time doing things that it prevents you from... <laughs> from from functioning properly so that is the only thing that was hard for me is not knowing why I was the way I was but now that I know I've put in like these different like strategies in place that can help work with it rather than against it right oh my god I, one thing you just said and that was like it's this it's a thing that I I constantly think about is that I went through life always constantly feeling different or and less I than why I want the way I am. Yeah. And then just recently I start like, I'm like, oh, oh my God. Right. So good now. Yeah. 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 So, but no, for me it's also like exercise. Oh, did I get cut out? No, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, but for me, it's also like dancing. I used to dance when I was a kid. I was dance class and I stopped. And then recently yeah. I go back to it and it's just like. It just, it, you just, we just need to like continue to work on ourselves. And I think that's a really big thing that we push to the side when we become adults. Right. And we just need to remember that we did those things for a reason. Like our parents kept us busy for a reason. It, it gave us an outlet, right. It gave us an outlet of like get it all out and learn something, be constructive about everything. Right. Yeah. Cause you could go, you could easily go the other way where you're just like picking up really bad habits. Right. But I love that whole mindset idea of your book club. And I hope everybody goes on your Instagram and checks you out. Yes. Um, and if you guys have any questions, if you leave them in the comments, uh, we will be able to answer them after the show as well. And just remember, all these go into the archives, so you'll be able to hear this episode. So bookmark it if you haven't had a chance to listen to it. Thank you so much for coming on, Hasty. This was Thank such you for a pleasure. Me. This was so fun. It was so fun. I'm <laughs> so glad. <laughs> well, you can come back on in you know a couple months and and wow us again with all of your life saving tips. 100%. You know? I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. I was nervous about it, okay. but after this, I'm like, no, I'm coming it's back. It's just me and you. It's fine. There's nothing to be nervous yeah. about. We've yeah. done this before. It, was just, it wasn't recorded, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, thank you, and thank you. Thank you all for tuning into the show, and thank you to everyone in the chat room, and a big thank you to the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network. Thank you, New Orleans, for listening to us live on your FM airways. And thank you to everybody that tunes into, um, you know, SoundCloud and YouTube and Spotify and all of those big platforms. We really appreciate you. We will uh, catch you guys next week. And I believe that we actually will be having a new show as well. Um, I can't, I, I can't give you guys too many details, but we're in the works and she's also 
a female host she's going to be an she's that she's going to be on the network um with um and she's an entrepreneur so i'm super excited that she's joining me in the lifestyle category on the network okay have a wonderful day everybody Thank you.